I don't know what inferior swill this is, but I ordered a lot of hula. The scotch on the rocks. Please, any scotch will do, as long as it's not a blend, of course. Uh, single malt. Glenlivet, Glenfiddich, perhaps, maybe a Glengow, any Glen. There's a special rung in hell reserved for people who waste good scotch. Welcome to the Whiskey Snobs of Lower Moco. I'm Adam. I'm Jesse. And I'm Aaron. And tonight we're going to be doing a special St. Patrick's Day episode. So on March 17th, we're going to be talking about some Irish whiskeys. And we're going to sound a little different than we normally do because we're social distancing as uh, good, responsible citizens in the time of coronavirus. And we're going to be going through three different Irish whiskeys in celebration and recognition of St. Patrick's Day remotely. We're not all in the same place, but we are together virtually. With that, why don't we get started? It's obviously, you know, a loss not to be able to get together with you guys and record this in person, but Aww. I think this is the next best thing to share some fun with our listeners, celebrate St. Patrick's Day, and uh, take our mind off of <laughs> everything that's going on. So, I, And it's also unfortunate I'm not able to actually share the bottle I have with you guys, but maybe we'll be able to figure out a way to do that for a future episode if we're all still distancing. But what I decided to taste tonight is an Irish whiskey called West Cork. And it's not one of the more well-known ones, but it's starting to break through. I'm starting to see it on more shelves and they have a couple of different kind of core range releases. But last year, or maybe it was even 2018, they put out a limited release. It was kind of a set. And I think there's going to be future similar releases, but they put out two releases, one called Bog Oak Charred Cask and one called Peat Charred Cask. The Peat Charred Cask broke into the top 20 of the Whiskey Advocates single malts of the, the year last year, which is how I found out about it, decided to take a chance on it. And it is a single malt uh, Irish whiskey that was aged in sherry casks. I, I read somewhere that it was uh, four years and then finished for six months in a barrel that has been charred using peat. And they apparently built a proprietary charring device with a fifth generation blacksmith. But just to clarify, it's kind of interesting. This is a bit of a unique spin because it, it, with normal peated whiskey, the barley itself has been smoked with peat that's burnt. And then you also have releases of whiskey that has been finished in barrels that used to hold peated whiskey and thus they get a little bit of peat taste. This is different where the barrel itself has been kind of filled with peat smoke. And so the barrel has taken on some of the peat flavor. This sounds really interesting. Like I'm annoyed by the social distancing because that sounds kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we'll have to do a follow-up episode when we actually get to taste each other's pores. But I certainly have plenty of this left because as interesting as it sounds, as intriguing as it sounds, it's 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 fine. It's it's a good whiskey. It's not super memorable. Um it uh, you know, it's it's not very old. I mean, I again it's maybe four years. And four years in Ireland is not going to give you a lot of cask character, six months in a finishing cask. But now West Cork is a relatively new distillery, right? It, it just came online in about 2003. Right. 
Right. So yeah, they're still getting their footing and getting their name out there. And I think this is one way to do it, kind of intriguing people with uh, uh, something new, something different. And, you know, it certainly worked for me. I mean, I would not have probably bought, you know, a regular West Cork uh, release, but something like this, you know, certainly caught my attention. Bog Oak chard, you can guess it's kind of a similar theme, just a different type of wood that they use to burn and char the cask. So I can say a little bit about it. The nose, it's got kind of an orange note to it, but also a little bit of spice, some cinnamon, I think is clove perhaps. And the peat is pretty mild on the nose. I'm not really getting very much. This is a triple distilled? Uh, that's a good question, Adam. I do not see any indication that it's triple distilled, but you are right. That's usually the case with Irish. Traditionally, Irish whiskeys are triple distilled, but then there's quite a few that just do a double distillation, more similar to the, the Scotch whiskeys. And for the ones who still do the, the double distillation, I think, you know, they say it's because that third distillation takes out some of the flavor that they like to keep in. So I'm always curious about the triple distilled Irish whiskeys and how much personality and how much character they have relative to the double distilled. So just to come back to the palate, it is young. It has that kind of banana flavor uh, that I often get with young malts, but it does have a nice kind of sweet, thick mouthfeel of maybe the sherry cask has some play in there. And, you know, the peach shows up pretty subtly. It's like an ash, ashy taste that kind of comes in towards the end of the palate, lingers a little bit on the finish, but it's not a long finish. So the overall impression I get is it's it's not bad, but it's not anything really dynamic. It's drinkable, you know, it's an easy pour, but I would not buy it again or, you know, recommend it for a, you know, a sophisticated dram. And one other little side note uh, before we move on, and that I almost am compelled to write to the company to mention is that. It has a, you know, little seal on it, uh, on the label uh, that says limited release cask collection. And then it says cask strength. And this is bottled at 43%. I want to write to them and say, you know, you got to be kidding me that this is a 43% cask strength. And if it's not cask strength, you should not put that on the label that that's more or less false advertising. I've never seen, except for like something that's 30 plus years old, a 43% cast strength. So, and I, I just really don't believe it. And I think it's just a weird little marketing. Well, it's that. actually, uh, the, the whiskey jug looked into it uh, and it, it's a mislabel. It's not cast strength. Yeah. So some overeager marketing person didn't know what that meant and it got through quality control. So you're drinking a collector's edition. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's like an upside down uh, plane stamp, right? You know, we're on the radio right now, so our, our listeners can't see the label. And in fact, Aaron and I can't see the label either, but I, I do have it up on my laptop screen in front of me. And I think it's a beautiful, beautiful label. It has the, the map of the area where the distillery is and all the little peninsulas and, and different like crags and nooks of the coastline. And the label is missing in those little inlets and rivers and such things. So it, it has a really dramatic look uh, on the bottle. And kudos to them for a very uh, inventive and interesting label design that actually is, I think, pretty fitting for something that's as experimental as this expression is with peating the barrel instead of the actual barley. 
Yeah, I mean, and you know, the effect of the peat is pretty cool. I, I I will give them that. I think that the fault is more in that the base spirit is just a little too young and uh, underdeveloped. I I think if they did this again or another distillery tried a similar experiment with like a twelve year old, something like that, you know, I think you get a really interesting, good whiskey, complex whiskey. But sure, sure, yeah, and you know, I gotta say, I, I'm not a big Irish whiskey enthusiast i you know i gravitate more towards scotches and rums to be honest than, than irish whiskey but i think given the scenario or the situation of where irish whiskey is right now where i think it's had kind of a big explosion over the last couple of years where they had sort of dwindled in the number of distilleries and now there's a lot more happening on the scene it, it would stand to reason that distilleries are doing whatever they can to differentiate themselves and this certainly seems like one of those things where they do it, they take a different approach still within the regulations to peating that hopefully will catch the eye and attention of consumers. Sounds right. Aaron, what do you have tonight? I am pouring the Glendalo double barrel. I'm presuming it's pronounced Glendalo and not Glendaloff or something like mm. that, which is certainly not cash strength. This is clocking in at 42%. So the bottle says that it's handcrafted in small batches and aged for three and a half years in bourbon barrels and six months in Oloroso sherry casks. This double barrel Irish whiskey is a handcrafted expression from Ireland's first craft distillery. A unique style of single grain whiskey is aged in bourbon barrels and Oloroso sherry casks. The maritime climate on Ireland's east coast provides perfect aging conditions for this special whiskey with a smooth, sweet palate. You'll probably notice that you didn't hear a cork pop. It is a twist cap. Nice. I'm a big fan of the twist off. Yeah, me too. So I first came about this whiskey because a former coworker had this in the office. We had a little bit of a drinking club almost every Friday. He happened to have this and I tried it and I was like, huh. It's not so bad. I could drink more of this. And somehow came about a bottle. And I've had this for a little while. I got about half of it left. And, you know, it's a good occasional pour. But I, I think I, I agree with your feelings on the bottle that you were drinking in general about Irish whiskey. They're interesting, but they just don't quite do it for me. You know, there's very few that I find really kind of stellar and would make me want to buy more bottles of well there's there's one red breast i think uh has some expressions that i absolutely love yeah no i have two bottles of red breast one i've had opened for a little while and drinking it sparingly because it's the red breast 21 and the other red breast is the lustau edition which i was very excited to finally get a hold of but i haven't opened yet so, you know, I have some Irish whiskey in my collection, but not, not a ton. And I'm not like rushing to go get more. So, yeah, I think it's worth dabbling in red breast is certainly, I think, especially for like a scotch drinker is, is, uh, one of the most compelling it's, it's just a super high quality dram. You know, it's a funny thing. Cause I don't know what the regular ABV is off the top of my head, but it may be like 40 or 43. And then they've released a yeah. cast strength, which is extremely flavorful it's super but it's almost it's yeah. hot because it's just it's like it's 60 percent and so i often think and my attempts to water it down and get it to like a drinkable strength have failed it still always just tastes like a little hot so i, I it's another one where mm-hmm. it's like if they release like a 
48% version of Redbreast 12, I probably would buy multiple bottles of that. For all the criticisms of, of Irish whiskey as being a little anodyne or inoffensive, you know, they have that category of single pot still whiskey, which seems to have a huge and very enthusiastic fan base. And a lot of the distilleries have released single pot still versions of whatever the spirit they're kicking out. So anyway, back to the whiskey that I'm trying to drink. As I said before, it's bourbon barrel for three and a half years and then six months in Spanish oak Oloroso barrels. So it's going to have a lot of those sherry notes to it. So I'm going to try to run through a little bit of the nose and palate for you guys. So it is. it definitely has some of those characteristic sherry notes to it, a lot of sweetness and a little bit of raisin. I got cherry once, but I haven't gotten it back yet. It, I I think what I think Jesse you had said before that like yours kind of had a a creaminess to it, and I get that a lot on the nose with this one. But uh, th- this is a young whiskey, right? This is about three three yeah. and a half years. Three and a half years in the bourbon, and then six months in the Oloroso for a total of four. It's got some color to it. It's kind of a light gold color. The palate is, as you might expect, it's kind of it's pretty sweet. I kind of get berries or caramel cream to it. Little cherry, short to medium finish. A little bit of a marzipan on the finish. So you know, and it's got some layers to it. It's interesting. It's not. It's not mind blowing. Now I'm happy to have a bottle and sh- and share it around and you know have a little bit of Irish representation in my collection. Okay. So I have. The Napogue Castle 12, and this is the Montgomery County, at the time, Department of Liquor Control, I believe. The DLC, I believe, was their name. It, it changed now to Alcohol Beverage Services. But they did a barrel pick of Napogue Castle, and I believe I'm pronouncing that correctly, but I'm not 100% positive. Napogue Castle is a brand that is produced out of the Cooley Distillery which is sort of at the opposite end of Ireland than the first bottle we tried tonight. The West Cork is at the way southern end of the island, and Cooley is all the way up there, basically right before you cross into northern Ireland. And this is should be a little bit better than the normal release of the, the Castle 12 since it was a barrel pick. It's about 40% ABV, so it's right there at the lowest rung of the ladder. And, and as I mentioned, it's, it's produced by the Cooley Distillery. Eyeing it, it's um, got kind of a honey appearance to it. It looks like it's been in the barrel for about 12 years. I don't know if there's any coloring that's been used, any uh, E150, but it has a, a really nice kind of golden hue. And I like the way it, it moves around in the glass. On the nose, we get a lot of green apple, actually. And that's a note, uh, particularly on the nose, that when you smell it the first time, it's just you, you can't get away from it. It's going to be there every time. There's a little bit of lemon, too, a little bit of spice. But it, it's got a nice nose for an Irish whiskey. And I, I don't mean that to sound pejorative. But, uh, you know, again, I, I typically find the Irish whiskey category as a whole to be relatively inoffensive. And you really have to find a special expression uh, that's going to kind of knock your socks off and sort of a forceful way. On the palate, more of that green apple comes through, but there's also a little bit of vanilla and some maybe I I would say taffy kind of notes. I like it. It's enjoyable, but I've had this bottle, uh, I want to say for 
four or five, is that too long? Four or five years now. It's been sitting on my shelf. I wouldn't call it, you know, one of those bottles that sits on your shelf and you never touch. I do come back to it every now and again. This is something that, you know, if I was buying two or three bottles for some kind of event, this might be the third bottle. It's enjoyable. I, I would recommend it. It has a kind of a short finish, but that's not to be unexpected. And it's something I'd, I'd encourage people to, to try and I'll be glad to share some more uh, with you guys next time um, we get together. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that sounds great. I mean, I think, you know, we are called the whiskey snobs. We're going to be a little bit critical, you know, because we really do usually look to whiskey as some really dynamic, interesting, provoking experience. And a lot of Irish whiskey just aims for a different kind of experience is one that's more mellow, easy drinking. A lot of it really is good if that's what you're looking for. I mean, yep. I, you know, for us, I think it tends to sit on the shelf for a while because it's not something we're going to naturally grab for when we want something really provocative. But, you know, when people come over, when you're just having playing cards or something, you know, I think any of these three sound like a great choice. But don't go to someone's house and play cards. right? But, you know, I, <laughs> exactly. I hope that. I hope that no one from, from Ireland is, is listening to this podcast right now because, you know, I, I know that <laughs> the, the Irish take their whiskey very seriously and that there's been a lot of controversy as to whether or not whiskey was actually, uh, it came about in Ireland or Scotland. And I think the general consensus is that it came about in Ireland first and then moved to Scotland. And it has a long, long history there. And I think the industry went through kind of some shocks that put a lot of or quite a few of the distilleries out of business very similar to what happened i would think in the united states during the prohibition era where we had a lot of distilleries and they went out of business and the bourbon industry sort of had to recover from from that so i think you know irish whiskey does seem to be on the rebound at least in terms of popularity and demand and i know there are great irish whiskeys out there i it's aside from redbreast i just haven't had any of them yeah there's a lot of dynamism in the Irish whiskey space. And I'm actually really disappointed because I was supposed to be there in two weeks. Uh, and, and you were going to bring back uh, some great bottles. I was going to bring back some really cool distillery exclusive releases. But yes, that is one unfortunate consequence. Pales of comparison to so many others. But And I actually may get a chance to go back uh, later this year. So I do hope to be able to visit some distilleries in the Dublin area. Uh, pick up an interesting bottle or two, and maybe we can do a recap episode, And uh, especially if I'm able to find something really interesting. That would be fantastic. I know we all pay attention to some of the whiskey forums and um, the Facebook groups, and oftentimes I've been seeing people talk about if they were to have one drink from their collection a day, how long would they be able to last in social distancing, isolation, quarantine. I know there were some jokes about like, oh, well, if I did a, you know, a bottle a day, I could last till this day. But, you know, so if we were to stick to, let's call it a one and a half ounce pour of whiskey a day, how long would your collection last? So I would last um, about two years. How about you, Jesse? Uh, I think I may have stockpiled a little bit more than then, Adam. Uh, and it's hard for me to count exactly because I have a lot of closed bottles, but then I have a lot of bottles that I've decanted into smaller containers when I get down to between like four and six ounces. Uh, and then I have a lot of two ounce samples. 
So I haven't quite done all the math on that, but I think it would probably be about three and a half years. Yeah. You beat me. I looked at my spreadsheet today and I try to track all the, like how much of the bottle is left. I made a new column to tell me how many milliliters per bottle I still had. And I'm right in at just about three years. That's not bad. That's not bad. Yeah. But the thing is though, some of these bottles, I don't want to open quite yet. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, you could save those for your last six months. But I look at my collection like with some frequency and I just go, Jesus Christ, I have a lot of whiskey in my (laughs) (laughs) I have way too much. And I'm like, and now I got all this rum and I'm like, holy crap, I got a lot. I have no business buying any new bottles because I'm also like, I'm, you know, I'm not even having an ounce and a half a day right now. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, no, right? I, I mean, I, I've like cut way back. I mean, I'm probably averaging like, you know, half an ounce a day. So if you do it by that math, I've got like five years worth. It's not about drinking. It's about selection and convenience and exploration. And, you know, you want to have all the options. Oh, yeah. No, I, I've come up with all the justifications. <laughs> And with that, don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Stay safe, stay healthy, and as always, dram in good health. I must say, damn good stuff, sir. I was going to bring back some really cool distillery-exclusive releases, but... Uh, alas, that's been one of many, many casualties of this. Uh, damn it. He kind of cut that one. <laughs> uh, you don't want to use the word casualties? Did, I know. I think I should probably, you know, I'm, I'm misfiring on, on so many cylinders tonight. We got uh, dynamism in there. I thought that was a good singer. Dynamism. Thank you. Thank you.